Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 150 is entitled The Patterns of Captivity. To understand freedom, we must understand the nature of captivity. Related words are captive and capture. The general meaning is bondage, restraint, slave, hostage, servitude, subjection, confinement, custody, incarceration. The verb form is to seize, to rest, to catch, to entrap, to ensnare. In the Bible, forms of the word captivity are often used relating to Satan. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. 2 Timothy 2.26 Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. John 8.34 For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. Acts 3.23 While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. 2 Peter 2.19 The above is speaking of the captivity of the devil. Notice the wording, snare of the devil, taken captive by him at his will, servant of sin, gall of bitterness, servants of corruption, brought into bondage. When speaking of Christ, however, we are given the following verses of freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Isaiah 61, 1. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. John eight thirty six. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Galatians 5.1 And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8.32 Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 2 Corinthians 3.17 The opposite of captivity is liberty. In the above, Christ promises to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to open the prison to them that are bound, and to make you free indeed. Think of captivity as a prison where every activity is orchestrated like gerbils in a cage. Think of captivity not as a single event, such as a policeman saying, in the name of the law, I arrest you. Think of captivity as a pattern an arrested state of mind, a maze, a broad net. Those in captivity exhibit similar behavior patterns which are very predictable. Thus, they are slaves to their own repetition. Those caught in the net cannot free themselves by simply denying themselves a pleasure or struggling harder to be free. Recently, while entering the Jacksonville Beach in Florida at the foot of the bridge, I read a warning sign that said, If caught in a rip current, don't fight the current. Swim out of the current, then to shore. The rip current is too powerful to fight and will exhaust one's energy, thus causing drowning. 
The only way to escape is to swim out of the current. There are many rip currents in life, such as addictions, bad habits, depression, despair, negativity, hate, revenge, sin, evil desires. We must find a way to escape, often without direct confrontation. The warning signs at the beach also advise that it may be necessary to simply float until one can escape the current. Often in life's rip currents, the more one struggles, the greater becomes one's entanglement, like an insect in a spider's web. A fighting fish sets the hook. An insect struggling to be free from the sticky web sends vibrations that alerts the patient spider. The sign at the beach also counseled that when one needs assistance, one should wave one's hands. Outside help is frequently required when one's own resources are exhausted. Resisting temptation, of course, is good, but not always secure because unless one leaves or is able to overcome the environment of temptation, one will be confronted with temptation time and time again. Just as one does not defeat the rip current by staying in the rip current, one does not overcome sin by staying in the environment of sin. However, Satan is cunning. The same temptation often comes wearing different masks. Every time the temptation is offered in a new disguise, one must make a new decision. We must recognize the pattern of sin, or we will be forever swatting gnats. We often excuse small failures by congratulating ourselves on resisting greater failures, forgetting that even the greatest failures begin in just such a small way. Do not underestimate the cunning patience of Satan. We think of Satan as a fierce dragon. Sometimes he is just a silent spider, luxuriating in the center of a soft satin seat of a silken web. The spider never steps on the sticky threads. He reserves those for his guests. The spider never moves until his captive struggles to become free. The spider is not activated by the cries of the victim, but by the soft silken vibrations. All captivity is identifiable, not by a single act, but by a pattern of repetitious behavior. Only those who are free are unpredictable. Psychologists, for example, give long Latin names for behaviors that have predictable qualities. In that, they are scientists and deserve the name of scientists. Without proper names, the social sciences would have no profession and no credentials. The strength of names is that it gives concreteness to abstractions and helps one to see a malicious pattern, which to the teachable can be reversed through counseling. The weakness of names, however, is that they suggest a law rather than a probability and deny free will. Human behavior follows patterns, but human behavior does not follow deterministic law because at any time a pattern may be broken by altering the conditions because of free will. Whereas patterns locked into fixed habits, mindlessly following the same conditions, can never be broken because of determinism. The problem with names is that the nomenclature quickly becomes a perception of the cause, rather than a description of the effect of broken laws. In other words, it is a description of behavior, and not the cause of behavior. It may seem strange, but even the most scientific mind may confuse cause and effect considering the effect the cause and the cause the effect. Such illogical thinking is transparent in today's politically correct world where people are afraid to call things by their proper name for fear of being called sexist, racist, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, gynophobic, 
Any opposition to political correctness today is immediately tagged as a disease of the mind, and all conversation is blocked. It is very common for politicians to accurately define the effects, yet abominably misplace the cause. Reason is lost in the entanglements of language, and we are held captive by elocutionary lies and prefabricated slander. Well, did James say, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. James 3, 6-9 Perhaps one of the greatest stumbling blocks to freeing ourselves from captivity is the false notion that we do not have free will. Determinism is a false conclusion based on false analogy. There's a scientific convenience in comparing man to machine, or man to animals, but carrying the images too far leads to false conclusions. We have bodies as animals have bodies, but we are not animals. In addition, our body, an amazing creation, works with the precision of a machine. But we are not machines. We have a living, immortal spirit, and the spirit contains our intelligence, and our intelligence has free will. The body was created to serve the spirit. It is only when we allow the spirit to become a slave to the body that we forfeit our free will. Of course, the body limits our behavior, for we are tied to the laws of nature. Physical and mental disabilities are real and must be accounted for. But assuming competency, we can free ourselves from most, if not all, of the personal demons that keep us in bondage. Satan does not have the keys to death and hell. Christ does. Christ can free us from all spiritual bondage, and the idea that once in captivity we must remain in captivity is a lie perpetuated by the father of lies. There are many influences that affect our freedom, but there is no such thing as cultural determinism, environmental determinism, or genetic determinism. Many things influence behavior, but only the spirit determines behavior. Common sense tells us that some are handicapped to the degree that behavior is beyond their control, but that is the exception brought about by many causes, some not of their own making. God is kind, gentle, and all-knowing. He will restore order to their lives in the hereafter and not hold them accountable for things they could never have helped. But those who are not handicapped beyond control can take charge of their lives and create a new reality. We are not robots. We are not automatons. We are not animals. We are not machines. We are not puppets on a cosmic string. We are children of God. All patterns can be broken. Violation of laws creates disorder. Obedience to laws restores order. We have agency. Any counselor who excuses bad behavior because of unfortunate circumstances or environmental determinism or genetic determinism denies agency and free will. They should seek a new profession, for their counsel can become deadly. The philosophical mistake is made not because of observation and diagnosis, which are often brilliant, Captivity is always based on a form of determinism, or the victim would not be held in bondage. 
The mistake is made when the initial causes that led to the behavior are attributed to the effect, thus taking away personal responsibility. That which one willfully enters, one may willfully leave, though as escaping from the riptide, it may require strong outside support. Putting aside uncontrollable imbalances caused by forces of nature in a fallen world, free will, not determinism, is at the core of all evil. We choose the conditions. The consequences choose us. Evil, like weeds once planted, perpetuates themselves. The conditions of loss must first be met before the effects take over. To change behavior, one must change the environment that perpetuates the behavior. But more importantly, one must obey the laws that govern behavior, whether temporal or spiritual laws. There are no laws of destruction. All laws were designed to create order out of chaos and freedom out of captivity. Destruction comes because of disobedience to laws. That is what Christ meant when he said, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Only violation of law brings chaos, disorder, and captivity. In other words, one must control the conditions and break the patterns. Because one is caught in a riptide does not mean that one must remain in the riptide. Free will is found in first cause. Captivity is found in final results. All those who are held in captivity demonstrate a predictable pattern of behavior because they repeat the same conditions over and over. The same conditions always produce the same results. We cannot change by trying to change the effects of law, as our modern society thinks. One can change only by selecting different conditions. It is in the nature of the beast. Captivity by nature is to be held captive by internal or external forces that once unleashed do not let go of the victim. Predictability is how serial criminals are caught. Except for those cases beyond control because of physical or mental limitations, to free oneself from the net, one must break the pattern. To break the pattern, one must accept initial responsibility, determine the effects they want, and choose those conditions that bring about that effect. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.